it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Well, it's all over here at Sellers Park and Liverpool have somehow managed to come away with a 2-1 victory, which doesn't really tell much about the actual game itself, which we'll get into in a second, but pretty dramatic and controversial afternoon in uh, South London where the Reds came from behind to, to earn that victory. Uh, bottom line is that they managed to go top of the table uh, with that win. Uh, we'll have to see and wait and see what happens with Arsenal with their result later on in the weekend. But for the Reds, they've played two away games in the last couple of days and they've come away with two victories, which, bearing in mind that their home form has been 100%, you know, seven wins out of seven, question marks were being asked about their away form. They Up until that game against Sheffield United midweek, they hadn't won an away game in the Premier League since uh, the 3-1 win at Wolves, but they've managed to address that. And this is very much like that Sheffield United game. The Reds they certainly weren't at the best. They managed to chisel it out. They were up against a team that quite clearly were inferior in terms of quality, but certainly not inferior in terms of the amount of effort that they were putting into the game. And the Reds will be content with the fact that they managed to get away with this in some respect. They, uh, they didn't start well for them. They didn't really took for a long time to get through the gears. And if we're being honest, it wasn't really until the standing off of Jordan Ayew in 75 minutes that Liverpool managed to work their way into the game, really. In the first half, they didn't manage a shot on target. Uh, Crystal Palace had one big chance where Alisson Becker was back in goal after missing the last three games. He made a great save from Jefferson Lerma at his uh, near post and managed to tip the shot onto the post and did very well actually to get out of the way and not rebound it into his own goal. After that, uh, Crystal Palace were awarded a penalty uh, when uh, Virgil van Dijk was adjudged to have fouled Edouard, but that was after a very long VAR check, which went on way too long than it should have done, was uh, ruled out basically because of a foul by Will Hughes on Wataro Endo earlier in the move, which did look pretty obvious and it was a bit of a surprise. It took the officials that long to sort that one out. Uh, second half though Liverpool did concede a penalty again this one was a, a little bit strange whereby the offence by Gerald Quant who was making only his second Premier League start on substitute Jean-Philippe Mateta he uh, he fouled him and it was a foul but the game went on for I think it was something like 105 seconds before the referee was told to go over to his uh, pitch side monitor having not initially given the decision, decision I should say and Andy Madley t- t- had a couple of looks and gave a penalty Mateta picked himself up he scored and that was 1-0 to Crystal Palace. And as I say, Liverpool, they did make one change at half-time where Trent Alexander-Arnold shifted into midfield uh, with Joe Gomez going to right-back. Endo was, was sacrificed. And a bit later on, Ibrahima Kanate and Cody Gakpo were brought on. But it was only really when 
Jurgen Klopp turned to two of his younger players in midfield, that's Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, that the game began to change Liverpool's favour. And interestingly, uh, the sending off revolved around one of those players, Harvey Elliott. Uh, so they came on in 74 minutes. A minute later, Elliott was fouled by by AU and the referee gave a second yellow card which was a little bit harsh I thought certainly a foul not sure it was a yellow card and Roy Hodgson the Crystal Palace manager after the game he was a little bit angry at the fact that the fact that the uh, initial yellow card was given because Virgil van Dijk had kicked the ball against AU when he was trying to take a free kick which you know if you, you need to get out of the way quick enough it's just one of those things on sportsmanship gameship call it what you like but uh, it happened and then on uh, 76 minutes the ball drops for Gakpo on the far right edge of the area he crosses in Curtis Jones retrieves the ball and lays it across for Mohamed Salah who scores a deflected shot that goes in off Nathaniel Klein former Liverpool player and uh, goes in for his 200th Liverpool goal and his 150th Premier League goal for any uh, team he got two for Chelsea don't forget and also uh, Liverpool's equaliser and from that moment on to be fair Liverpool played very well dealing with the uh, 10 men Liverpool have had enough experience this season of playing with 10 men so they know quite well that it can be difficult for teams to break down teams who are playing with 10 but Liverpool managed to find a way through again in the uh, 91st minute uh, when Salah fed Harvey Elliott and Elliott cracked one in from just on the edge of the area by that point uh, Crystal Palace were down to the substitute goalkeeper. They had a few injuries during the game, and Hodgson afterwards, you could tell he wasn't very happy. Uh, he, on the television, he was—he was—he made no bones about the fact he's—he's he's kind of a bit disillusioned, and he was like that in the press conference afterwards. But for Liverpool, it's a, another victory. There were some worries in the sense that the attack once against Minsfied, as it did a little bit at Sheffield United. Darwin Nunes did not have a good game. Uh, Luis Diaz didn't play well for most part, for the most part, but did finish strongly. To be fair, Gakpo made a difference when he came on. Overall, Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp said afterwards that Liverpool were a little bit fortunate to have got the victory and you'd have to agree with it, but it's three points. It uh, extends the run now to, I think, it's one defeat in the last 27 Premier League games and Liverpool have put out a really big statement that they should be considered title contenders. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I'm a very happy manager in this moment and I know we were lucky as well. So if you only win your really good games, you have no chance to be really successful. That's how it is. And obviously today was not a really good game from us. For 76 minutes, it was a really bad performance. We didn't have rhythm changes. We didn't have any kind of accelerations. We had um, no timing. I don't know how often we were offside. It was horrendous. So that's always a bit of a, a sign that we are a bit too passive and, and, and stuff like this. When one passes the ball and the other one is already there, that makes no sense. So, um, I think in the beginning, um, Chris Palace was not extremely high on confidence. It looked a little bit like that. It didn't really go for us, but we, we made it then. They were good, but we made it as well happen for them with, with bad passes and losing the ball in the wrong moment. Um, 
they could have had a penalty in the first half. Um, I didn't see the situation back, so I don't know exactly how what, what it was there. Um, oh yeah, it was a foul on on Watao. I think that was a foul. I thought at least I thought in the first moment it was a foul. Um, then we conceded. Uh, uh, then they got the penalty, and it looked like a little bit we were we needed that today. Um, of course, on top of that, then they got a red card, um, and we scored directly after that. That's all helpful. That's why I say we were lucky as well, definitely. Um, but what we did from 76 until 105 or whatever, um, that was really good. Because we all know you can have against 10 men much more problems than we had then today. We really turned the game around. The, the subs had uh, uh, super, were super influential um, and, and super impact. That's actually the, 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 the story so far of this season, that what we bring <coughs> from the bench has a real has real impact, and that's why we could do it. But again, if Harvey miss hits that ball, it's a draw. If Mo is not there where he is, and the ball doesn't get deflected, then we lose the game. I know that these things happen like that. But with the last 15, 20 minutes, we we deserved it. Before that, we deserved nothing. That's the 16th time since you've been manager at Liverpool that you scored an injury time winner. That's not luck. That's a mentality thing. Yeah, but it gets more and more easier because we play 115 minutes. So that's just uh, we have just much more time. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, and I've not. I'm, I don't even know if it's a great number or not. To be honest, maybe others have 36 times. I don't know. Okay, good. Yeah, then I take that. Yeah, of course. But that's actually what we have to do. To like, yes, yes, we, I, I'm. I love this team and I'm super positive about it and, and all the developers know we have still to do things better and stuff like this. But is it now fair to say that our mentality after 76 minutes is greater than it was than before? Where were we? So I know that it's tough and it's hard and we, these boys play an awful lot of football and stuff like this. And, and sometimes the inner enemy is a bit louder than other moments. And today I saw a lot of boys struggling with that. and um, and. I said, then you can change from outside, from the bench, and, and you can change it. But um, we should not come in that situation much more often. Hi. Pretty impressive, huh? Um, yeah, we carried that shirt already since two weeks with us, or Tony had it. Um, and now finally we could give it to him. Was pretty much the best moment to to, to score it. To be one hundred percent honest, um, and um, incredible number for a super special, super super special player. Um, I don't know how often he saved us with a goal he scored in the right moment. Um, was a pretty loud reception in the dressing room when I gave him the shirt with the two hundred on the back. Um, Players were asking for a speech, but you have to ask him if he had one because I had to go for media work then, so I don't know if he had one. Um, um, yeah, but really, really special. Really happy for him. Now that's off the shoulder because uh, when you have 199, it's probably difficult, different to 198, so now we can um, go for the next 100. Yeah. Jürgen, you mentioned about the Sobs being the story of the season so far. You suppose maybe people feel as different to your first team that won the title in the Champions League. No, we had there, we had there the same, we had there very similar situation. So, I don't know, 
I don't know exactly which was which season, but um, let me say we started with Fabinho, um, Henderson, uh, Wijnaldum, then we had Milner, then we had Lalana the year before, then we had Oxley Chamberlain, then we had um, um, Nabi Keita, we had up front Shakiri, um, Origi, Minamino. So that was that's what you need to um, to to make a difference. And now we have the quality again, so that's how it is. But it's all about if we are, we have, would have had today if he's not would have been injured. Diogo uh, Chata, which would have been super helpful, um, and so that's how it is. Um, yeah, the boys have quality, and it's why they show it. It's more the mindset. No, but the, the bad thing about the, the, the amount of games we play is that it's really tiring. It's just like that. The good thing is they all can play, um, and they have to play, and so we can make these kind of moves like today because one is the. Um, the player changed, but we, we changed system, and I don't want any praise for that. It's uh, just a job to do, but that helped as well. That we could really do that, and in the end, um, we played up front with Mo and Harvey on 10, Cody Gakpo on right, Lutra left, and then Lutra inside, and, and Kosti high. So we tried everything, and then it worked out, but very often nothing works out anymore because you don't get in. That's all up to the players that they really then take these little. Um, helping hands we can give, and um, so we we just played better. Then it looked all of a sudden you can say against ten men we played quite frequently with ten men this year, and it was difficult, really difficult to 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 um, to create against us. So we I know how difficult it is. That people will say that was made a difference, but um, they can they they did probably really well. We just played then really good. That's what it is. Do you have an ideal system now, or is it actually still developing? <coughs> Look, that would be make some makes absolutely no sense um, if I if I think about that because we we just have to we have to work with the players we have available. That means I mean now physically available. Uh, who is here? Who is there? What can we what can we really do? We can play with these boys different systems as well, shadow of a doubt. But we in this moment, if we bring for example all our four offensive real offensive players, our strikers, we want it's possible that they play together. We have nobody to up. and that's a bit of a problem. Or very young, sorry, or very young players to bring on. So that's why we have to move. Think about a lot of things before the game, but we came through this week. Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, 12.30s was really tough and really tricky. And oh, all good. Thank you. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, Alex Watts. After that 2-1 win against Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, we've seen this quite a bit this season, haven't we? And... Um, We've done it again, a flat performance for most of the game, barely a shot on goal for the first hour or so, and then we fight back from a goal down to win the game, take the three points, and what a winner from Harvey Elliott to do it, by the way. And even if it's just for a few hours, top of the league again, and it's that old cliche again of these are the games which win you titles, both this game and midweek against Sheffield United, we were... Nowhere near close to our best, 
Fulham as well last weekend, really, as well. And yet we've come away from this period winning every single one of those games because, to be honest, this was a rough watch for about 60 to 70 minutes to start the weekend. And it was a real 12.30 kick-off performance yet again. And obviously, God forbid, if Klopp ever not see the funny side of getting so many 12.30 kickoffs, But... um Palace were, you know, very difficult to break down, unsurprisingly, for the majority of this game. They were very dangerous on the account on the counter-attack. It caused us a lot of issues. And Liverpool had the majority of the possession, but Sam Johnston barely had to make a save. And this is in part why Klopp gets so irritated about the frequent early kickoffs, the fixture congestion, because it looked lethargic at times, it was sloppy, it was a bit tired, it was exactly what you'd expect from the third game in a week, another early kickoff, which again begs the question on why it's scheduled really, because it benefits nobody, but we got the win in the end, ground it out, and let's be clear here, this title race is absolutely on after Manchester City's recent results. We all know that and we also know, unfortunately, how relentless they tend to be in the second half of the season. So we need to be using this period to build up the points as much as we can for this title challenge. Um, and a few big talking points to cover um, overall. You know, I thought, first of all, the substitutions Klopp made were... So key, so important. Obviously, there'll be a lot of focus on the impact that Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott had, and rightly so, but Gakpo was key as well. Joe Gomez, I thought, was a huge difference maker. You know, he came on for Endo at half-time. Trent moved into the midfield, which made sense as a tactical switch because we were really lacking that kind of creativity from deeper midfield without McAllister in there today and we needed some of that passing which was going to open up the compact Palace defence really and after a couple of heart in mouth moments early on I will say where Gomez overcommitted himself down the right I thought he ended up being fantastic down that right hand side both offensively and defensively and that might be something Klopp looks at doing a bit more often this season now we'll see um obviously great to have Allison back in goal Great save in the first half to keep it at nil-nil. And then such a big save in the final moments from Anderson. Uh, Darwin Nunez's old pal. Um, a very anxious final couple of minutes that was to watch. But yeah, so important to have the big man back in goal. And then, yeah, we have to chat about the VAR and refereeing decisions as well, I suppose. And... To be honest, after that first half penalty was overruled, I was shocked. I thought it was quite nice to see VAR actually working as it's supposed to. I was like, what a surprise. It did take way too long. But then we get that moment in the second half, which was a penalty. You know, we have to admit that Kwanzaa misses the ball. It's an unfortunate one, but it is a penalty. But two minutes for VAR to make that decision, it's ludicrous. And whenever something like this happens this season where they just go back and give a decision that happened minutes prior. You can't help but think back to the legitimate Diaz goal against Spurs and, you know, PG Moll claiming that they couldn't possibly pull it back and give that goal once they realised a mistake had been made. It just, yeah, it smacks of them making it up as they go along. And to be fair to Palace as well, unfortunate for them to be on the end of that refereeing decision to send Ayu off for a second yellow. It's it's the correct call, really, because he was preventing a counter-attack, but it, it still felt a little bit harsh, and I know I'd be fuming if that happened to us, but 
my goodness, it benefited us. You know, Mo Salah got that equaliser moments after that happened. 200th goal for the club. Obviously, what a legend. What more do you need to say on Mo Salah, really? But Palace going down to 10 men coincided, obviously, with Jones and Elliott coming on, which added that bit more drive to our game. And it was a bit of a perfect storm for Liverpool, really. It really benefited us, which, you know, doesn't always happen when teams go down to 10 men. Palace could have very easily used that to fuel them, um, got a lot more compact, seen it out. But that goal coming so soon after the red card rattled them, I think. And then Sam Johnson having to to go off as well and then make a goalkeeper sub didn't, didn't help their case. And as I said, what a goal from Harvey Elliott to win it just into stoppage time. And speaks as well to the depth of squad we have this season, even with some of the unfortunate injuries. You know, McAllister out today, Joel Matip is, is such a, a, a shame, you know, such an unfortunate one. Um, but you can really see the depth in the squad this season. Neil Kwanzaa coming in at the back as well. Um, you know, Luis Diaz with a lovely finish late on too. It's worth saying it was just offside. I think they should have let him have that one, to be honest, after the injustice in the Spurs game. But, you know, whatever. Um, and... Yeah, what what a squad we've got, what a position we're in now, going into two huge back-to-back league games. Uh, Man United, then Arsenal, you know, we're going to need to see more spark than we have going forward and, you know, than we've seen in these last couple of games, for sure. But these are also very different propositions in terms of the opposition we're playing. We're not likely to be playing low blocks in these games. We're not likely to be trying to break down very compact defences, so... Hopefully it's going to be a great time for the midfield and the attack and their quality to really shine through. Um, but yeah, it's it's very exciting. It's ended up being a really lovely start to the weekend in the end, hasn't it? After that uh, very dull first hour that we watched, it was it was a great end to the game. Um, yeah, top of the league. Cheers. Up the Reds. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Really big result for Liverpool. I mentioned that these two fixtures against Sheffield United and Crystal Palace would tell tell a lot about potentially what Liverpool could achieve this season. And as in the Sheffield United performance, this was pretty similar. For large spells, it wasn't great. It was much worse, obviously, than the performance we've seen at Bramall Lane. And for long periods, I'd say Liverpool were quite abject in this particular game. However, Liverpool have been able to obtain six points from these two fixtures and go top of the Premier League, which I just think is massive at this moment in the season. Not so much for making sure of the outcome at the end of the season. Obviously, that you know, there's massive amounts of time to be able to go. But I think in terms of the squad, for the belief it might give Liverpool for the, the periods that are to come and the positioning that they can put themselves in the league table in comparison to the competitors... I think they were big games. And I've mentioned before that Liverpool have been nowhere near good enough away from home. I still believe that that will be the issue which will stop Liverpool ultimately being able to to win the title. I think that I'm not 
a person who's led by the outcome results in terms of analysis. So when I'm looking at this game, not just in isolation, but as a collective of a lot of away games, it followed many of the same patterns that Liverpool fell into the same kind of traps and were unable to exert the, the kind of dominance over a prolonged period of time away from home. And if you look at that performance today from Liverpool, I mean, let's let's get things right. I mean, Crystal Palace obviously get, go down to 10 men. At that point, I didn't think Liverpool were going anywhere, particularly in the game. I didn't think they looked like they could even create a chance on the opposition goal. And the only kind of idea that Liverpool seemed to have was to give the ball to Trent Alexander-Arnold and Trent Alexander-Arnold to progressively pass the ball as far a distance as he possibly could, try and find moving targets with no great accuracy, no great movement and no great coherence in how Liverpool were going to go about it. Liverpool seemed to want to circulate the ball, try and find an opportunity where they could then play the ball to Alexander-Arnold and, and that was the extent of the game plan and, and that was nowhere near good enough. To couple that, another problem that Liverpool often have because I've mentioned about the fact that Liverpool often play too vertically which allows the opposition to cut out cut out possession that Liverpool have that means that then Liverpool are expanded in the game taking up elevated positions on the field of play and Liverpool can be hit on the counter attack we've seen that today and then also when you think of sometimes Liverpool are playing vertically and, and, and struggle with that kind of thing but they also struggle in terms of then moving the ball too slowly so sometimes they're actually caught between the two where what they'll do is they'll almost entice the opposition into the game and give them confidence to build up some stability in the game because of mistakes that Liverpool make on the ball because they're not assured enough, they don't circulate it well enough, they don't know when to play or not maybe they don't know when to, they're incapable of speeding the game up and slowing the game down based on the requirements of the game and often fall into a trap where they can't attack because moves break down, but then also they're susceptible to what then the opposition can do to them. And I thought they were all, all the characteristics that were in place today. I mean, when you think that Crystal Palace, I thought Crystal Palace weren't great themselves, and obviously were missing quite a lot of the attacking threats that they actually have in their particular squad, which made it even more sort of frustrating when you were watching Liverpool, that Liverpool gave them that encouragement to, to take the lead, and then ultimately Liverpool were looking ragged in that second half before the sending off. I think Liverpool were saved in the game by a goal. Well, I say saved in the game, obviously. They ended up being able to extract the results out of the game with the changes that the manager made from the substitute bench. And key to that was Curtis Jones, who set up the first goal for Mohamed Salah and Harvey Elliott. And what these two players have, which some of the other players particularly don't, is their ability to be able to retain the ball under pressure in the final third, really calculate their choice, the decision-making, slow the game down to their tempo, take an extra touch, make an extra pass, circulate the ball, make sure that the, the legs of the opposition are tired, they're not continually, continually surrendering possession, which means that the flow is disrupted to the game. They are players who, in the final third, can retain possession. And I felt both of them played really well today. Jones obviously setting up the goal from Hamid Salah, but Harvey Elliott in particular, I thought his performance off the substitute bench was absolutely fantastic. And I must say, it's something that I've wanted to sort of touch on really, I suppose, over the last couple of weeks is, I think Elliott is a really special footballer. And I've mentioned in the previous podcast from the previous years, his level of technical ability to be able to play round, through or over is a rare is a rarity from a player who plays in that that final third that left foot that that ability to be able to contort uh, the ball 
in different ways to be able to find them moving targets. And he plays, for me, a player beyond his years when he receives possession of the ball, always looking to make the right decision. And the game almost slows down when he's in possession of the ball. And that is always a great sign of, a, of what could be a really great player. I think the problem often Elliot's found is because he lacks that bit of dynamism, he lacks that bit of pace, he sort of fell between two positions in the fact that you can't really play him wide as a wide forward potentially in Liverpool's system, especially in the old system anyway, where Liverpool's wide forwards were expected to make runs from out to in and penetrate space in behind. Well, you couldn't really have him on that right-hand side for two reasons, really. Liverpool's best player plays in that position and that's still the case. But also, his profile's totally different. Elliot's a player who wants to come towards the ball, get on the ball, create things, and ultimately be a player who finds the final pass in the final third, rather than a player who looks to stretch the game in behind. So when you couple them two factors together, it's created a problem where you can't play him on the higher right-hand side, but also in the middle of the pitch, it's been an issue as well, particularly this season, because you'd probably feel that Elliot is a more classic number 10, if you like, in, the, in that sort of position, rather than a more hard-working player, a player who can cover ground. Now, when you look at the, the dynamics of that right-hand side for Liverpool and Alexander-Arnold often being the most creative player and have the licence to potentially roam from that position when he's in possession of the ball and when he's counter-pressing, it's meant that Dominic Sabozlai has came into Liverpool's side and, and let's make no bones about it, Sabozlai has been excellent for Liverpool. He's tailed off over the last few weeks but I think his performance levels have not quite been what they were beforehand. But he's been one of Liverpool's best players this season. So in a way, it was something that I didn't bring up because I was almost thinking, well, even though I believe that Elliot, Liverpool have, have got to the stage where they might have to find a place for him in this team, such as his quality, the a sort of caveat to that is Liverpool's best player plays highest on the right-hand side, so he can't get in there. And so Bosley have been excellent. So with Liverpool's changing system and the fact that they are going to that box system in midfield, which means your, your two number eight players essentially play higher on the pitch, that, that suits Elliot. It suits him to be able to play one of them roles. Well, I say one of them roles. He's got to play on the right-hand side. That's his position. And I think it's got to the stage now where his decision-making is such, the impact he's having on games is such. And also, what I'd say is, every time he plays, every time I watch him play, it's good decision after good decision. Where I watch other players play play for Liverpool at this moment in time, and that isn't always the case. I think he's more than justified an inclusion as one of them two higher players in the midfield box, if you like, or the midfield square that Liverpool play. And if he has to play, and that means he obviously plays on that right hand side of the, the elevated box, that means that it's a fight for that left hand side. I really do believe that's how well he's playing at this moment in time. And that's not to over egg it because he had a fantastic performance from the substitute bench, which he's had in other games. But when I watch him, he's just got that level of class where I think to myself, it's almost unavoidable now that if this was any other player and potentially if he wasn't called Harvey Elliott and he hadn't come through as potentially a young player or even, I'd say, an, you know, an, an English development player, he'd be getting talked about already because he's showing all the traits that you would that are very special in that sense. I mean, when you, you can find passes that other people just simply can't find. So I was really pleased for him today. I also think, think that one of the issues, like I said, because you know having a more athletic player playing in that position because of Alexander-Arnold, that's not to say that Harvey Elliott isn't good against the ball. I think he's excellent against the ball. He's got really good identification of when to pressure the ball, when to intercept, and I think his numbers for that are particularly right up there as well. The only thing I mean by that is because as an athlete, that is what he's not. 
You know, he's not a player who can cover ground particularly quickly. But such is his game intelligence, such is how wise he is beyond his years. He makes up for that in the positions he takes up and when to engage, when to intercept and read and cover and support. And yeah, there's a lot of competition in Liverpool's midfield at this moment in time, but there was a big difference when Jones and Elliot come on the, on the field of play. Their ability to make the extra pass, the ability to keep possession and the, kill, the ability to make educated, well-educated decisions within the game in the final third. And I thought that was paramount today. And I think Elliot, like I've said before, is now getting to a stage where such is his quality. Do Liverpool now have to find a way of getting him in the higher right-hand side position and almost working players around him. And that doesn't mean every game. I'm not saying that Elliot has to play every game and he has to be the first name on the team sheet. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, rather than having this cameo role that he seems to have at the moment, I think he should be higher up that pecking order at this moment in time. When you see the likes of Gravenberg, who, listen, could go on to be a really good player, he's not a better player than Harvey Elliott at this moment in time. So that sort of hierarchy system for me, he has to jump a level there. I really do believe that and at the moment he's jumping in the first team in my, my mind he was the difference as to why Liverpool won the game today and Liverpool were fortunate overall but have positioned themselves really well at this moment in time You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel